0: Welcome to DBP, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of DBP. We are here with an episode called Seriously Mysterious. And today, we are going to be cracking open A bottle of Mysterio Malbec from Mendoza. That's a lot of alliteration right there. There's a lot of M's in that. I just realized (laughs) that. Uh, To talk about some really crazy, mysterious things that have plagued the world. Kind of. Like unsolved mystery type things? Some, yes. And some just really weird nature things. Okay. So, uh, Sarah's going to open this bottle (laughs) So you crack that open, but I, while we are doing this, I'm going to tell you guys one thing that we're going to be cheersing today, and that is that we have finally figured out how to record with two microphones, so the sound hopefully is a bit better than it has been. Yeah, let us know if you guys notice a difference. We are so excited. Uh, Um, I'm sorry, I'm having some technical work difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) I promise the corkscrew works. Is it an infirmidable cork? What's happening? I feel like the cork is like made out of rocks. <laughs> what? God. Is it really not going in? Yeah. All right. Okay. We're in. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he what said. She
1: said. He said she said. Oh, my goodness gracious. This this one's giving me a run for my money This here. is going to
0: be, this one's going to be well worth the wait, I hope. It I better hope. be. So what is this cork made out of? Oh. Ah, nice.
1: yeah, it's like made out of like that. That doesn't even look it's, real. It's not real. That's why it was
0: a little bit harder. Is it it's the actual synthetic or is it um, one of those like?
1: No, it's it's synthetic.
0: OK, it's it's like plastic. It looks kind of pretty. It's like it has cool it hieroglyphic some... stuff on it. No, ooh hieroglyphics. Those are. Well, those are mysterious. People know what those say. I know, but, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Choice for cork. Okay, let's just pour. All right. Mmm. Thirsty glasses. Thirsty glasses. Uh, It's been a day. I feel like we say that all the time.
1: Yeah, you know.
0: So today's our actual first mall back, because we looked back into the... And I was actually surprised it took us this long to get here. I know. We went back into the... DVP files. The vaults of the episodes Mm -hmm. and saw that we hadn't really talked about this. It smells so lovely. Okay, let's cheers. Ooh, it does smell very lovely. Oh, cheers. Not hear the cheers! I'm gonna cheers. <laughs> there we go. It's bright and lively. Is like, okay. I know we talked about it with Beaujolais. That is like melted purple popsicles.
1: Yeah, it's br- it's bright and lively. So this is 100% Malbec, I love from Malbec. Mendoza, Argentina. It's a 2017. Um. This one is by Finka Fleachman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all grapes from for this wine at least are hand picked. It's fermented in double jacketed stainless steel tanks for ten days and undergoing malolactic fermentation. Then they age it at three months in oak casks and then another three months in the bottle. Okay. So, on the back here, it does have a rating like of like complete oak. What does that mean, complete oh. oak? Well, no, there's just, there's like five, you can see like they've got like a rating here and there's five oh, bl- circles and we've, it's full.
0: We've actually seen that on some bottles before. Mm-hmm. I think they have, oh my God, what was it? Was it like Omen or something? I'm not where sure. They actually told you like on the bottle where this fell within like acidity, dryness. Um, I, I think this is saying yeah. it, aging, like drink in three years. That bottom part right there. It says you could, yeah, you could lay it down for three years. Do you like it because it is a bottle that's laying down? Yeah. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's complexity, medium, three out of five. Tannins, three out of five. Body, four out of five. Fruitiness, four out of five. I would say that. And oak is five out of five. I don't know if it's five out of five oak. I don't think so either. Not to say that the oak hasn't had something to do with it because it definitely has. But it doesn't, like, I don't taste like oaky tannins on here.
1: I don't either. And uh, just a uh, side note. Yeah. This was like a $10 bo- bottle. So it it's sweet. pretty affordable.
0: 13% ABV. Now, I really like Malbec. I like the full body of it. I love the color of it. It's very yes, similar It's in known color. for its color. Oh, yeah. And this, actually, this grape, Malbec, originates in France. It does. Right? In Cahors, France, yes, I believe. Yes, it does. Actually, a lot of, because Malbec is a Bordeaux grape a Bordeaux mm-hmm. varietal, and a lot of, like, Chilean and Argentinian vineyards, when they first started, they were planting those Bordeaux styles, and so Malbec has just flourished in Argentina, um, yeah, like, done really, really well there, um, it's, I think, mostly uses a blending grape in France, but it, this varietal can stand by itself. Yep. From those hotter climates.
1: In France, it is uh, usually in the Cla- Claret-Bordeaux blend. Mm. Oh, Claret. So, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so Argentina is actually the main producer of Malbec in the world, followed by
0: France. And Mendoza in Argentina is the main producer in the country. Did you know that Argentina just very recently started getting into the big good wine game? Because they used mm-hmm. to make a lot of like crappy-ass wines just to, like to sell in bulk yeah and only maybe within the last like 15 to 20 years is when they actually started saying oh wait we actually have really good fruit and we can do a lot of really good things with it and so they've started taking better care of their vines yeah and um adopting new practices and I believe in Argentina they also a lot of notable winemakers sort of partner with them to teach them some of their methods and techniques but anyway I digress
1: well, uh, it was actually once called the Black Wines uh, of Coeur because of its intense color. So that's why I said oh. the color. Yeah. But um, act- it originally came from France, like you said, and it was brought to Argentina in 1852 by a French agronomist.
0: That's a fun word. So
1: Ar- the Argentinian government actually hired this guy to bring it in. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Um
1: a Go pair- government. I know. Maybe
0: government intervention sometimes is a good thing. Right. So Argentina
1: is actually the only country to have original Malbec vines of true French heritage.
0: Hmm.
1: And actually, even France doesn't have as much as they used to because this huge frost they had this big frost year in 1956, and it killed off 75% of the crop in Bordeaux. Oh, my God. So. um, That's rough. But Malbec does well in Argentina because it does well in broad temperature ranges, in clay or sandy soils, and these are found in the foot of the Andes Mountains. And I guess the higher elevation ones are the more, like you were saying, the more prestigious wines come mm-hmm. from higher altitudes. Yeah. Uh, it is a thick skinned grape, so it needs more heat than Merlot or Cab. Yep. Not quite as sensitive to those very, very hot right. days. So that's And good. then the difference, too, between Argentina and Fran- French Malbec is that in Argentina, the berries are smaller and they are in tighter clusters. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. And there's several other names. Coat? Yes, I knew that. Is one of them. That's the original name. Mm-hmm. Oxford. Dude, didn't mm-hmm. we drink that? We did.
0: Uh, uh, Luxembourg so, wine was Auxerrois. So this is Auxerrois Noir Mm mm-hmm uh that is a me I feel like I read that one time and I was like I don't believe it yep definitely I don't believe it
1: um and then Prasak is another one hmm and that was mainly in Bordeaux what it was known as
0: so all these different
1: names yeah but it's most the biggest characteristic
0: characteristic is its intense dark color so Malbec can be kind of mysterious because you never know what name it's going to go by. Some alias, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. And it takes on different forms, I think, from where it's from. Totally. In uh, you know, it, whether or not you oak it or age it in oak, because then you're going to get different flavors. Um, but it's usually a softer, I think, kind of a sweeter side red than like your cab or... You
0: know, I, your zin. There's not as much spice. It's more fruit. It's more it's definitely more fruit forward for sure. I yeah. I would say that this is probably more similar to a Merlot than it is to a an actual Cabernet, for sure. Yep. Um I I still don't feel like this has very prominent tannins. I think that it's a very this is actually drinking very, very smooth. And that's one thing. Sarah, do you remember when we did a all back tasting? Mm-hmm. And We actually had a Malbec from Argentina, from France, and then I think we had one from the States, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so it was so interesting to compare them side by side because I would actually argue that the French one, and maybe this is why it's used as a blending grape, it just didn't – it was a great wine, don't get me wrong, but it just didn't offer like an extra oomph where Mm, I think Argentina – really kind of sends you off with like a little bit more like I feel like there are more present tannins there is a slightly higher acidity which you're going to get when you have some of those I think um cooler regions um the higher acidity with the elevation that you mentioned yeah uh, yeah super fun super delicious so
1: it's a lighter bodied fruity wine but with a very dark dark intense color I think so it looks fuller bodied than it actually is I feel
0: blackberry on the nose.
1: A little bit
0: of a. A little top off?
1: A little top off to get the real.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't drink this wearing white, guys. Swirl that puppy. Oh, no, this is a. Uh... If you do, you should have like wine away or something yeah. very close by. So I'm going to say a something
1: hilarious right now. What? It smells like grapes. This. I just said it's like a yeah. melted purple popsicle, mm-hmm.
0: which is grape. Wine smells like grapes. How unique. You can describe wine as grapey, though. That's legitimate. Okay. So I don't um, knock you on that.
1: I'm getting like,
0: maybe pl- like a little bit of like, I don't want to say plum.
1: Strawberry.
0: Yeah, I feel a little bit brighter there. I yeah. still am Th- feeling a bright. lot of blackberry though. bright. Really, I just yeah.
1: No, I don't know if I'm eating that. Um.
0: So. When you swish it, yeah, and do the Som slurp, <clears throat> you pick up more tannins. Try it. hmm It like automatically just goes Well, Malbec usually has like softer tannins. Mm-hmm. It's, they're they're
1: um It needs to be encouraged. They're for not the tannins yes. to wake up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um so food food wise, this is I guess one of the only wines that's really good with blue cheese
0: yes uh and, and i'm other so soft sorry Jesus. i didn't put blue cheese uh, out uh, whatever
1: this cheese you have going on here is amazing so don't apologize okay all right um it's camembert everybody. It's, uh, it's it's camembert. so delicious guys uh trader joe's tj's trader you know TJ. it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so blue cheese really amps up the the flavor pairing um other cheeses like provolone i feel like doesn't go with wine well and that's another one they suggest that really folly does yeah And then vegetables wise, uh, mushrooms is a big one. Okay, and I could could see see how like
0: with the fruitiness, And balancing. Yeah,
1: meat wise, I think you can pretty much do anything: steak, lamb, turkey, pork, chicken. I I think you could do anything, but it might not do so well with
0: fish. Uh, probably not unless you have like an actual like meteor fish. Like, would you describe more? Is it is like what's a meteor white fish? Like, God,
1: but something that's not fishy. I think it would do okay with like
0: a tilapia. That's too light, I think. I don't know. know. But you're right. um, It doesn't have too much of a fishy stench.
1: Yeah. And then other things, like I guess mint is a huge, like if you have a mint dish, this is something that um, is recommended to pair with. What about sage? Sage as well. And cumin. So like all these interesting spices that maybe might be harder to pair with, like blue cheese, cumin, mint, sage, rosemary. Well, rosemary goes more with other things. But all those things that maybe you have a hard time pairing with, think malbec. This sounds like Thanksgiving, actually. Yes, it does. Turkey right? with sage and you maybe have some
0: lamb with some mint jelly or some shit. I don't like it. This is the wine to pair with everything. Every single dish at your Thanksgiving <laughs> meal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are usually having fish at Thanksgiving, right?
0: Not at my Thanksgiving.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you should avoid broccoli. Sounds right. Greens. Bitter greens. Sure. Vinegary. What's a bitter green? Like
0: a kale. Like kale. Okay. All right. Just need, just had to make sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Swiss chard. I don't know that I've ever cooked with that. Yeah. It's good, but it is bitter. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. so we've, I think that we've debunked a lot of things about Malbec. It is a delicious wine. This is one of my favorite wines. Malbec? Really? Malbec. Wait, why don't I know this about you? I actually I don't know why you don't know this about me. I just drank a Malbec I was the say, other night. I feel like we're never buying Malbec Just we even never buy for us to drink for fun. I don't know that I have any Malbecs on my. No, wine and rack I feel here. like when we go out, you you don't really order Malbec. I it could be because I drink a lot of Malbec. I love it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'd say that that's one of the red wines that I really started drinking a lot. Like my parents always drank it, and actually, okay. my mother in law drinks it a lot, and okay. it's she always brings really good bottles too. So um, I really enjoy it. Um, but I think maybe because I know that I have places where I will already expect to drink it that I'm perhaps trying to stock up on other things that I wouldn't normally find at family functions. I see and gatherings. maybe.
1: I would say it's a middle of the road wine for me, really? Yeah, I, I don't dislike it, but it's not my go-to. okay. I, I think I like a little more complexity. okay. But it's, it's a very easy drinking wine. Like if someone's like, oh, I only have a mall back. I'll be like,
0: OK, I'm good with that. All right. Pour me a glass. I'm pour nice. me some. Pour me a good glass. Yeah. Now, glass. if
1: they're like, I only have Moscato, then I might be uh, no. reaching
0: for a beer. You. <laughs> oh, Sarah reaches for a beer. Now we know what her limit is, guys. <laughs> hey, I, lo- I love Moscato. Some- I love me some Guinness, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's right. You like your full-bodied Guinness. I like
1: my Guinness from the tap. That's, Agreed. Yeah, it is phenomenal.
0: Okay. All right. So we are gonna t- we're talking about like a lot of weird shit. There's just a lot of weird stuff in the news. There's a lot of like weird things that just don't have good explanations. There's and I'm- no re- reasoning or rationale for some things. There's
1: no scientific explanations or maybe. They're just like kind of like unsolved mystery type
0: of thing. Yes. So we have a few smaller ones to just bite off a little bit as we enter and make our way, approach uh, some more serious, seriously, serious, serious things. Yeah. Uh, the first of which uh, is here in the States. It's in New Mexico.
1: Oh, and, and, can, I, and can, I, can I also say yes. that some of this might be some conspiracy theory type stuff?
0: Yes. So you, we don't know. Dun dun
1: dun. Yeah, you guys might end up looking some of this stuff on the internet because it's it's a. I'm telling you, it's like a black hole once you start. Are you
0: gonna fact? Are they? Are DB Peeps gonna fact check us? It's like, um, have you ever listened to Dax Shepherd's Armchair Expert podcast? I have not. <laughs> The last like half hour of every episode is him and this other girl Monica who's just sitting in the room the whole time they're recording this episode and she just writes shit down and fact checks him for like the last half an hour. It's so funny wow. and I think it's kind of wonderful because they're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that was totally wrong. We definitely experienced that after some of our episodes and we're like, Oh shit, we said that that's not, not right. often guys, not often. It's not often because we're because we're awesome. <laughs> cheers we are awesome cheers we are awesome everything is awesome so what's our first mystery it's the taos hum what does that mean mm. i don't like that <laughs> it hurts my lips when i do that <laughs> uh so there's a place in new mexico which i've actually been to weirdly really? enough. Really? yeah i went many many years ago with a former boyfriend um it's taos it's new like mexico really it's place. so random it's i think i believe it's near santa fe okay so we like drove through there to get to santa fe
1: okay
0: uh there is a buzz that is heard on the horizon i don't really know what that means okay but it can be compared to the sound of a distant diesel engine is now, what does they everybody say. hear this No, no 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 i think it's only like two percent of the people who live there hear it is it live there or maybe go there I don't recall hearing. I thought it was two really percent of the population. Okay. But like,
1: I guess Julia Roberts lives there. In Taos. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so random. That's that is really random. Yep. Okay. So only
1: yeah, only two percent of the population.
0: But how? I'm not sure. Okay, so so people can hear it it's, in their ears. It's like ears. a vibration. Yeah, but they can hear it from through their ears, right? But there are sound detection devices that cannot pick it up. How? Aren't our ears like perceiving I'm not sure. Like aren't there things that our ears cannot perceive? Again, this is, this is mysteries. I don't know. Y- it makes no sense. So, so no one knows what it's nobody knows. From, from. So, this is called the Taos Hum, and nobody knows what it's from or why it's there. So, case open. Hasn't this led to some suicides, depression? Well, people would go, like, stir-crazy, don't they? Or not stir-crazy, but they would go apeshit. Like, Like, what did... Torturous. So, I mean, people
1: complain of headaches, dizziness, nausea, nosebleeds. Some people tear their houses apart because they want to find the sound. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Do not realize that it's not? There's been a couple suicides that have been led Mm. to this. Yeah. So there are conspiracy theories. Some people say it's a series of underground engines from a UFO
0: crash site. What? Yeah. Other people say it's like. Wait, like they are engines of a UFO that are still functioning? I have no idea. Huh. Okay. Uh,
1: high power lines, high pressure gas lines. Yeah,
0: but like there are high power lines everywhere. Yeah, I guess I maybe know. in Taos there are not quite as many other distractions or noise making things in the community in the area. Like I live near a busy street, so I always hear like traffic, which is fine.
1: So some some other geoscientist thinks it's because of very low frequency radio waves that the U.S. military uses to communicate with submerged submarines. But why would those be in the desert?
0: And why would that only be heard by people in Taos? Wouldn't that be something that could be heard by many others? I don't this know. is legitimately known as a Taos hum. So Yeah, okay. All right, so we can't debunk this. Sorry, guys. Maybe you guys should go there and check it out
1: and tell us if you can hear it. I'm not willing to here's my opinion. you know you, it's a it's
0: a cool place if you could hear it, then move right if it is, if Get if out it of is Dodge. literally I agree if it's literally driving you that insane that it is impacting your life, find another place. I understand that that may be easier said than done because there's a lot that you know makes people stay exactly where they are, whether it's a job, you know extended family um. I don't know, some other sentimental reasons. Don't you think, like, I would think that that would be probably challenging, but almost like if you're literally feeling that bad, like, maybe it's time to get out.
1: I agree. Get out of
0: Dodge. I wonder if Julie Roberts can hear it. Get out of Taos. All right. Okay. Should Next we go one. more towards the Midwest-ish? Southern? Arkansas? So, that's Southern. It's Southern, man. Sorry. Yeah, no. Okay, Sioux Kansas. It should be called Sioux Kansas because it's underneath Kansas. <laughs> That's hilarious. It doesn't make um, sense. Okay,
1: so on New Year's Eve in 2010, the small town of Beebe, Beebe. Arkansas, on New Year's Eve, <laughs> five thousand blackbirds freaked out and slammed into buildings, telephone poles, and trees, dying instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine I just literally like 5,000 birds just falling from the what sky? What did this happen? Does it In 2010 say, on New Year's Eve. But what time of day? Oh, I'm not sure. But it must have been at night because they blamed it on fireworks.
0: Oh, that's uh, right. That's saying right.
1: Saying that this caused them to fly over the, all over the place and the Arkansas officials said it would never happen again. Okay,
0: how many places do we do fireworks? Has that ever happened? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. I do know somebody, um this is not a this is not a lie, it's not a fabrication. There are two people I went to high school with who are part of this organization in Chicago mm-hmm. who actually go around and pick up the birds that have flown into windows who are dead. Okay. And bring them into there's an some organization that actually does research on them. And like I think there's they taxidermy shit too. That we're getting into some creepy territory. It's here. a little weird. I mean, I'm glad that they're trying to provide a good resting place for these birds. Every time I see a dead bird on the road, I'm like, oh. I'm just half expecting it to just like wake up and flutter away, and then it doesn't, and it's dead. Disturbing. It's dead. So, so they 5, thought it was 000. the
1: they well they thought it was the fireworks. So they banned fireworks for the next year. So in 2011 on New Year's Eve, no fireworks they didn't want any mass bird casualties, Whole but it place. happened again, the exact same in thing. Bim. Yes, and 200 birds died this time. But still, that was—it's crazy. So there's all these people who have all these theories, um, that it was an omen about the Mayan calendar, signaling the end of the world, which obviously we're in 2019 and we're still here. Um, okay, but there's no explanations that have any made any sense and it was it hasn't happened since
0: I need it I need still, a hang on I need a moment of perspective though
1: like if it happened once it would be super 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 weird but to happen again on the same night one year later
0: that is crazy all right hang on one second I'm hanging
1: I'm hanging girl
0: so I don't
1: know but I can tell you right now Okay. I'd be totally freaked out. All right, so catch this.
0: So I need I needed to put a little bit of perspective here. Okay. So first of all, Beeb is like – I can't believe that's the name of a town. <laughs> it's like 40 miles northeast of Little Rock. Okay. Okay? Just to kind of give a little proximity if anybody's aware yeah. where Little Rock is. If not, check out a map. Number two, <clears throat> in the 2010 census – there were only. I'm gonna ask you to guess how many people were living in Beebe.
1: One thousand.
0: No. <laughs> no, but it is. Pretty, it's kind of low. It's seven thousand three
1: hundred and fifteen. Okay.
0: Five thousand birds. The almost the same number of people that lived there. And the number of birds died in that single. It's instance. like a one point five to one ratio. And then. You said that it happened again days later, also in Beeb. A year later. A year, I'm sorry, a year later. I'm the same. I'm sorry. So, okay. Um, There was another incident, not in Beeb, where 500, I'm sorry, four, where is this? 500 red-winged blackbirds, starlings, and sparrows were found dead. Like 450 miles outside of Beeb. And then that same week, so this was that 501 outside of Beeb. was several days after the Beeb incident. And then that same week of the one south of Beeb, 50 dead birds were found on a street a street in Sweden. Okay, but that's far away. Granted, yes, that's true. I,
1: I don't know. I, I The whole New Year's Eve thing and it happening twice is weird. I can't imagine 5,000 but birds just falling really out, out of the sky. But if it hasn't really happened uh, they, I mean, they've conducted tests. Maybe it was on these aliens. Birds. I don't
0: know. Maybe they just don't like birds.
1: I don't know. Maybe there's seven thousand people that are in on a conspiracy.
0: What they all had like um, slingshots or something? I don't know. I don't know either.
1: Okay, I'm ready to move on to the next mystery. All right.
0: What's our What's our next one? This is in New York. Dutch Schultz, Schultzy, Schultzy. So he was a gangster in the 20s and 30s Mm -hmm. who was a bootlegger. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Sure, I'll take some more. Um, And was into numbers or I don't know, whatever. And the numbers racket? I don't know what that is. So he was super paranoid, though. Much like many, many gangsters. gangsters. Yeah. I mean, who the fuck wouldn't be? Like, if you go – shoot people or do illegal things would you not always be paranoid that someone's going to be like you know just a few steps behind you all the time so anyway so he was really he expected something really awful to happen to him and so he had but he also had a shit ton of money because let's be honest bootlegging um so he hit it and they estimate that it was anywhere between get this brace yourselves everybody Five to nine million dollars. And that...
1: That was in the 20s and 30s, right? Yeah. Wow.
0: That was... That is in gold, in cash, in jewels, in probably other things. I don't even know. So they claim that he drove this steel suitcase or big vault or iron box or whatever the heck it may be out to the Catskill Mountains in New York um, who had a bodyguard and he buried it. Now... I don't know if this is where also um, X marks the spot is, you know, really mm-hmm. kind of drive, you know, hit it home. But they say that he drew an X on a tree. Now, don't, uh, is it always going to be visible?
1: Well, I guess For it depends on effort?
0: what he marked it with. I guess that's true. Um, anyway, he ended up getting murdered. Sounds about right. Uh, in New Jersey. At a chop house, which is to be expected, I think, for many gangsters. <laughs> Sounds like a Ironic. Um, And so his treasure has never been found. So who's going to go look for it? That's a shit ton of money. I can't imagine that being a small... Could you imagine if you found it? Actually, that's a good point. I mean, if somebody's already found it, it's not like they would, you know, shout it from the rooftops or confirm it, right? They'd be like, oh, Fuck. I think people would know if someone found it. If somebody's smart with money, like all those people who win the lottery and they, like, you know, don't want their faces to be shown or they don't want it to be known, like, exactly who they are or they, like, meet with their lawyers first. So smart. So, so smart. But I don't think a lot of people are like that. So he strikes me as a slightly more intelligent um, form of the human species. species. It's like a treasure hunt if you do want to go looking for it
1: yeah he wasn't al Capone, but hey i'm I'm surprised there's not more people looking for that treasure um okay, speaking of interesting people, yes, there is a man called d b Cooper, not dBP damn it <laughs> not dbp uh on november twenty fourth nineteen seventy one he boarded a Northwest Airlines flight. That was flying from Portland to Seattle. So you can imagine how quick that is. That's probably like what? I oh, mean, yeah. That's a short. Yeah, it's a short flight. And he hijacked it using a briefcase that he claimed contained a bomb. When he got to Seattle, he released all 36 passengers. Thirty six.
0: Ooh, this was a tiny ass. Bang. Yeah. Could and you de- imagine
1: if you were on it and this happened? No. And he demanded that the authorities give him two hundred thousand dollars and several parachutes. I feel like that's not enough money to demand for. Then he instructed (laughs) them. Like, if I'm like holding someone up, I'm like, can I have two million? Yeah, in the 70s. So he instructed the pilots to fly to Mexico and remain slow and low to the ground with the back door unlocked. And that was it. No one ever saw him again. So no one knew if he actually jumped successfully from the plane if he survived no one knows um if he is like made it out alive um in 1980
0: a kid in portland
1: uncovered bundles of cash
0: wait where in portland
1: yeah in a sandpit worth around $5,800 and matching the serial numbers of the missing missing (gasps) cash
0: Oh, but I mean, but there's nothing else around there. No, that seems like, weird. That, that it it would just be like sense, a chunk of money unless
1: he was like hiding it in separate places. But the FBI has smart. claimed that he must have died from the jump. But then they issued a new picture of him in 2017 of what he might look like today. So you don't
0: really do that if you think someone's dead, right? Definitely not. But pe- but they also think that, well, did they find the plane? Yeah, the pilots
1: were flying to Mexico. Oh, and he okay, told them sorry. to to stay slow and low to the ground with the back door unlocked. I mean, they basically say that well, if he had a parachute, he might be fine. I think he's probably out there somewhere. I don't even know if this is that much of an unsolved miss. Like, he's probably out there somewhere, guys.
0: Fucking Jesus, that's a really brutal. Brilliant... How did the FBI, FBI not find him? So they officially suspended the investigation, but they still it's still somewhat open. That's this weird. is so bizarre
1: okay so so but bi- the Ooh, next one I is- could I'm like
0: going down the rabbit hill here rabbit hole <laughs> going down the rabbit hole the next one's super creepy oh this is in Canada it started in Canada but I I well hold please so what happened so August 20th 2007 was the first time that someone who was from Washington State, was visiting somebody up in British Columbia where our wine was from last week. Yeah. And she was out there walking with I think her dog and she found a shoe just like on the side of the I think I think it like washed up to shore. So she walks over there, picks it up and she opens the sock. It's like so random. I know. Why would you open the sock? Why would you? I mean, I, I wouldn't even know. go pick it up I anyway. Touch that I see shit. random shoes on the side of the road. And I'm like, I wonder how the fuck they got there. Mm-hmm. Move on. So she opens it and found a man's right foot in it. That is disgusting. What? Could you imagine? I mean, if you just saw a random fucking foot, oh my god, that's disgusting. I want to know how they cut it off without like the ankle bone being present because if you think about it logistically if the shoe was still intact and trust me there are pictures of the shoes that were found there are no ankle bones it's not like it was like a crew cut sock so you was say you say shoes so this happened again it did so there are about 20 so far that have been discovered on the coast of the salish sea so i think that this runs from British Columbia, Canada, and Washington. So it comes. I'm sorry, British Columbia, Canada, and Washington.
1: Okay.
0: So as of 2012, only five feet have been identified, and they say the series of discoveries has been called almost beyond explanation, as no other body parts washed ashore along the coast.
1: So did they find out? Didn't they find out
0: who the first one was from? I think the first one was from, um, oh god, yes, they definitely did. Um, it was from someone who had been a missing person. They at least in India, right? I think so. Yeah, they at least had identified like who the person was, but there's still no real explanation. And I don't believe that they ever found the rest of the body of the other guy. He was just a missing person, but his prints or something must have been on file at that time, unless he had his name written in the shoe. I don't know. Oh my god, that's disgusting. Are you? I was <laughs> like, are you looking at the pictures? Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's pretty fucked up. How many people just like randomly picked up? They you have a map where
1: all the feet were found in
0: British Columbia. There's a map. Yeah. Are they congregated or are they spread out? i I mean guys we've talked about self-defense they think it's
1: they think it's a scientific so they don't think it's anything sinister they think it's a scientific phenomenon
0: where a foot just fucking pops off
1: yes where basically (laughs) the sea of all the seas periodically deposit human feet on the shores of the salish sea i'm sorry so it's between vancouver and seattle that does not make any sense They say in none of the cases were foul play involved.
0: So I guess there's a lot of corpses.
1: Well, is it somebody –
0: well, the rest of the corpses haven't shown up. So is it something where in the sea maybe their foot gets caught on something or the body – Ew. ew. Sorry. This is going to get graphic. But like maybe the body's floating and there's like a propeller from a boat that just like lops it off. Or fish start nibbling at it and it comes off.
1: So it might be, yeah, like the whole thing about the ankle bone, it might be because feet easily come off in the water. So they usually come apart from corpses that have been soaking for a while. And that. (sighs)
0: That's gross, man.
1: Well, when and that have, the I, running shoes, because usually they're found in tennis shoes or re- running shoes. Yeah, because they've all been. That those help. They're buoyant.
0: They are. And then, they are also protective of elements. So that's I interesting. Don't know. I think I'm done. It's an interesting mystery. This, this is pretty disgusting. Guys, hang on to your feet, okay? Yeah. I, I think say. I wouldn't want to go walk
1: along the beach there. The
0: sailor sea count that no. off of my list. No, it's not there. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. So we have a couple. Um, I guess the next one is actually a place. It's called the Mystery Spot in Santa Cruz. Okay, what is that? Okay, I sh- we were gonna go. Um, we tried to go. And they sold out of tickets. Oh, my God. Because there are, like, these tours that go through. And basically, it's this place in Santa Cruz, which is just south of San Francisco by maybe, I don't know if it's, like, an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. And when you drive down there, it's crazy fucking narrow winding roads. And it's it's somewhat terrifying, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I was driving so slow, and I'm sure everybody behind me was really mad. Right. Um. But so it's this place in the forest and among redwoods and other, um, greenery and stuff where it seems like gravity doesn't, I don't want to say that it doesn't exist, but gravity is not normal. Okay. Like, people can lean completely sideways, balls roll uphill, um, people will be standing and, like, their necklaces, like, just start to, like, they come straight out away from them. Are you sure it's not like someone playing a joke on you with magnets? Uh, no, no, no. It's definitely not. It's definitely not magnets. Okay. Because they verified that. Okay. They checked that.
1: Okay.
0: So the mystery spot, it has been around since 1939. So there's this guy, George Prather, um, and he first discovered it. He was an electrician or mechanic, inventor, whatever, before he found this. He stumbled upon it. It opened after World War II as a um, a fun roadside stop. Now. Okay. My experience is that this was not off of a normal road. Like you actually have to drive yeah. a ways down to get there. But he was actually inspired to open it in the 30s because there's this other place, I guess, in the Oregon, in Oregon, called the Oregon Vortex. Yeah. That is somewhat similar. I guess there are different places. Like there's a Montana one, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania has something similar. And these are all like very mysterious spots where somehow Gravitational pull is just—it's off. People report getting like feeling sick and faint and dizzy, and um, people who are supposed to be you know really really tall end up looking really really short next to very very short people. Yeah, and so it's—it's it's really just a mind fuck to be honest. And uh, compasses don't really work there. It just—they just spin and go crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so unfortunately, this one actually has been debunked. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I mean, still, it's still fucked up. Like a cool experience. I told my coworker to go there with her kids. I was like, "You're driving there." I was like, "By all, like, please go there and tell me how it was because I still want to go there. I don't care that this was like debunked." So, what is it? Okay, so there are a couple things to keep in mind. So it's they say it's a gravity hill. I didn't look into what that means, but it's also a tilt-induced visual illusion. So the house that's there is actually slanted at 20 degrees. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of throws off whatever the viewer's horizon is. And so because the horizon that we are used to that shows are like – it helps us find that equilibrium is off and our sight is so strong, like everything else just becomes completely out of whack because we don't have a good horizon while we're there. And so everything else just becomes totally off kilter. So uh, there is a professor who said that when the perceiver's body is also tilted, the distorting impact on vision is greatly magnified up to two or three times. And so it can cause the senses, the other senses besides vision, to fall back while the visual senses become heightened. Um, And and yeah, so it, it basically, I mean, if you go on the tours, and I think even on their website they give potential speculations for why this stuff happens the way that it does. Some people say that there's a meteor, um, which fell a long-ass time ago, that has, like, a magic circle. Um, some say that there's an electromagnetic field. But again, I, there have been reports, like, they've tried to see if there are magnets around, like, the area to to determine if that is yeah. actually what's happening. And they've debunked that. So it seems that there is a rationale but it's still a really fucking cool thing. And it's called the Mystery Spot in Santa Cruz. So it goes well with our wine here. It goes really Mysterio. well. Mysterio. It's a very fitting. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So what else we got?
1: So this one I f fi- I'm Oh, <sighs> this was like, I feel like a current events mystery that everybody
0: was watching. Okay. Enlighten us, please. Okay
1: so I don't know if anyone remembers Malaysian flight 370 raising hand yeah well there was a few Malaysian fights that went missing well, but, in a yeah, short period of time there still, uh, but one of them was shot down by Ukraine forces what? yeah that was the, the one after this one. Oh. okay so n- another one but anyways <laughs> I don't mean to laugh MH- I'm sorry that's
0: actually terrible that's it's awful. just ridiculous
1: Malaysian Flight three seventy MH three seventy, so this departed um, on March eight two thousand and fourteen from Kuala Lumpur and was headed to Beijing. It was a Boeing seven seventy seven, and it had two hundred twenty seven passengers and twelve crew members on board. So How many passengers two hundred and twenty seven. Damn, yeah, it's a lot, right? It's the biggest flight. Um, so one, what happened has been, I mean. It's one of the biggest aviation mysteries of all time. They're calling it.
0: Well, this was five years ago. Yeah. God bless. Oh my God! Almost like to to the the day, day, right? Um.
1: So. So there were mostly Chinese nationals on the flight. Um, and it's the disappearance. Actually, like people have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars between Australia, Malaysia. The Chinese to kind of figure out what happened. There was oh, even oh they a,
0: all sent search
1: crews. Yep. We did too, right? Yep. There was even a private after they called off mm-hmm. the search. There was even a private company that was looking, um, and there's just there's not a lot of information on what actually happened. So. So the flight took off at twelve forty one a. M. Local time. Um, and it transmitted its communication that it was at its cruising altitude at about 1.07 a.m. And then that was switched off. The last voice communication occurred at 1.19 a.m. What did they say? Wasn't it really weird? Um, I don't think so. I think it was normal. Um, and this was just right before it was going to enter Vietnamese airspace. At 1.30 a.m., the Malaysian military and the civilian radar began tracking the plane as it turned around and then flew southwest over the Malay Peninsula. Then it turned northwest over the Strait of Malacca. Yeah, it was
0: all over the place. Yep. It looked really weird. And at
1: 2.22 a.m., the Malaysian military radar lost contact with it and it was over the Andaman Sea. Um there was a sat- an in marsat satellite which i'm not sure what that is it's something it's like in geostationary orbit orbit over the indian ocean mm-hmm. and this received hourly signals from the flight and detected the plane for the final time at 8:11 a.m. so they determined that the flight had turned to the west shortly after the transponder was switched off so that's where they were looking at first but a week after <clears throat> The plane disappeared is when that in in Marsat contact like that's when that was released, uh-huh. and they could not find where the plane plane was precisely, but it, they said it could be anywhere from the Indian Ocean southwest of Australia, stretching northward across Asia from Vietnam to Turkmenistan. So like basically, it
0: could have been it anywhere. could have been
1: anywhere. Um, so they just searched and searched and searched. And they obviously said it was extremely unlikely that anyone on board survived. So they were searching for
0: wreckage. So what are some of the the theories? I mean, I would argue that they're conspiracy theories, right? Yeah, because
1: no debris was found for a long, long time. did you know
0: somebody – there was a very recent – I mean super recent um, thing that I just saw. God, what was that? I don't know if I was looking at CNN. I don't know where it was. But someone claims that they have a video of it crashing. Like an actual video taken. And I'm like, "How the fuck did you do that? Like where did you take this from?" But I don't know. That's like the newest thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, what else?
1: So there's a lot of theories. Before I get into that, they did find a piece of debris in 2015 on the French Island of Reunion. Did which you is say the west French of French Island? Yeah, which is west of the Indian Ocean. That was being searched by Australia. Wow. So they have found about 27
0: pieces of debris. In total. Okay, so it's In not total. that they haven't found anything. And they can they can, but, um, actually say definitively that this wreckage came from yes. MH370. Yes. But they're saying that based on the wreckage, that the plane did not undergo, undergo a controlled descent. So it hadn't been guided to water landing. Which is something that's one of the theories is that like, something happened and, like, someone, the co-pilot had to okay, so here, take it down, Okay, so here, right? so there's a lot of theories. There All was right.
1: terrorist theories. Oh, my God. They, All right, give us number one. Theory okay. number one. There's a theory that it was, so basically what happened to the second Malaysian pain, that it was shot down. Okay. So that's one theory. Um, there is a particular engineer who spent time, years, looking at Google Earth, Looking for the Um, plane, and he claims that he's found the wreckage of the flight um, a few miles south of Round Island, which is in an area of the ocean that has not been searched by crews, apparently. Wait. Um,
0: He's checking Google Earth? Yeah, Google Earth can show a lot of shit, guys. I, I know that. There's, like, also these ones that, like, claim to show, like, murders and stuff. But hang on a second. Google Earth, does it update? I didn't think that it did. So how can, they expe- I, how can he expect it to show? I don't know. I Us. mean, yeah, I think it does update. Really? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. So he claims he found wreckage of the flight um, riddled with bullet holes. And he's saying that U.S. officials are refusing to search the area and withholding information from the public because he thinks that our government
0: is trying to hide out, hide why it was shot down. I'm having a hard time. Granted, I don't know that much about our armed forces and their locations, but I'm having a hard time
1: Well, there's also some that. theories that it was a terrorist type of attack and they didn't want a repeat of 9-11 and so that the U.S. government potentially... Oh, okay. Did something. Okay. Um oh, okay. There's also like a cyber hijacking theory saying Can that... It could have been, they have an onboard computer that it was could have been, that they say could be hacked and reprogrammed to fly to a secret location. Jeez, that is terrifying. Because that, that the plane may have been carrying sensitive material or personnel to Beijing. And that people were trying to kidnap some people that were on the plane. What? Yeah. So basically, remotely kidnapped by a hacker. And then a second hacker might have taken a remote controller to take it over. So they're saying. Stop it. Okay. There's another reason why they think the Americans might not have wanted the plane to get to Beijing. There's like a U.S. naval base called Diego Garcia. Oh, okay. And that sounds like a bad actor's name. Yep. <laughs> and that's like. Well, that's real. And that's where, like, the terrorists, they thought, oh, if it was jacked by a terrorist, that's where they were trying to go is this U.S. naval base. And so they're saying that the United States might have diverted the plane to stop it from getting there. I can't. They've actually, like, gone into some of the personal stories of some of the passengers on the plane, which I'm not
0: going to get into, that support some of these theories. Really? Yes. They had some important some yeah. VIPs on the plane. Yeah. That's so. It's so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. So, also, there's they say
1: hackers could have made it land or crash by remote control. Um, that it, it like it wasn't a hard flight computer computer to to hack. So interesting. So one of the most recent theories. Okay, this is this. Could, I I guess this could happen. That. The plane suffered a sudden cabin depressuriz- depressurization that pretty much killed everybody on board. Okay. Except the co-pilot, who flew on alone for hours before crashing the plane. So there, the captain... Okay, there's an aviation expert, and I'm not even going to get into names and stuff, but she believes that the captain was on a break at the time... And the co-pilot was at the controls. And that there was a sudden lack of oxygen that would have basically killed all the passengers and crew within 15 minutes. However, the co-pilot was insulated because he was in the cockpit. What? They have a separate... I guess so. And that he would have... Well, he still would have experienced it, but he wouldn't have died from it. But he would have had oxygen starvation. And then this would have led him to make a series of crazy decisions explaining the erratic route... Before it lost contact. And then because everybody was dead, he just ditched it in the ocean. Hmm. Yeah. And because the passengers were all dead. Oh, that sucks. That so they he's like would he's still have alive? Been, and then he's just like, well, fuck it. Everyone else is dead. Well, he so would have I'm been crazy because well. he had oxygen deprivation. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so all, right. all the passengers were dead before they hit the water. So there was no chance of resuscitation. So wow. that's the latest theory.
0: Wow. I'm just – hang on a second. So I'm I'm just playing on Google Earth for a minute. Also, there's some theories that the pilot wanted
1: to create the world's greatest mystery. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and that it was like a
0: murder-suicide. Okay. Actually, I feel like that's something that they talk about for a lot of things. But uh, wait, hang also, on a second. Okay. I am playing on Google Earth, and I'm just telling you that this shit is not updated on a regular basis. But eventually basis. it'll
1: update. So, if someone's looking at it in 2017, let's say, and the thing crashed in 2014.
0: I am seeing something on here that I know should not be there for the last four years. I don't know. I don't know. So, Google Earth. Maybe you got some explaining to do. No, but I'm just saying that I'm not sure that that can necessarily be used as like a it's there, it's not there type of thing. I think you're right. It will eventually be updated. And I don't know how frequently. How but yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, I am doing my own investigations. Um, there's also another, I'm going to
1: go to my final one. Okay. Another theory that North Korea was involved in the disappearance and that it was a missile from North Korea. Mm. Um, because three days before the uh, plane disappeared, yeah. North Korea almost took out a Chinese plane carrying 220 passengers. Shut up. On Chinese Southern Airlines. So they're saying potentially North Korea um, shot down the plane. Or it was hijacked and diverted to North Korea. Because oh, maybe they wanted a really, really big plane. Oh. For like technology but purposes. The only
0: thing though is that it doesn't explain like why it's not visible on any radars like why would that that's i think that's the biggest mystery of all is where the fuck did it go well then
1: it could be we can get to the final theory here okay an alien abduction
0: okay i mean i have to say i don't think that we are the only beings that are in this universe it's impossible that we are the only living creatures would so, you agree or the no
1: malaysia no i agree but the Malaysia's former prime minister believes the CIA is behind it. Because he thinks that the uh, Boeing, okay. the plane's maker, and yep. certain government agencies can take control of commercial airlines if necessary. And that airplanes don't just disappear, especially these days with all the powerful
0: communication system, radio, satellite tracking. That is a fair question. And actually mm-hmm. related to the very final mystery that we we'll talk about tonight but i think that's i mean listen actually boeing is under some major it's in some major hot water right now are they yes oh i didn't know that because they've had two major crashes of these one types of planes it's the boeing 737 max 8 Mm -hmm. and i know this because (laughs) i'm flying a lot coming up and there's a way that you can actually check to see what your what type of plane you are flying on but certain countries have actually they refuse to let the Boeing Max Boeing seven thirty seven Max eight into like- their fly zones. The states we have not banned it. Like, they're like my favorite airline is still flying them, which is why I had to check to make sure that none of my flights are on them. Damn! But, now I got to check my flight. But that basically, I'm taking. yeah. But basically, they have like there have been two. Two incidents well, that happen in short succession. It's just, and there's no explanation whatsoever. Like the most recent one happened, I think, last week, or maybe it was over the it was over the weekend, and it happened, and they basically took off, and then just like plummeted, for no reason, whatsoever. So well, it looks like President Trump,
1: yeah, just grounded all the Boeing seven thirty seven Max eight planes. He effective did immediately. Okay. Yeah,
0: because I know the FAA wasn't gonna do it.
1: Uh, it's an emergency. It's an FAA emergency order from President Trump.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there we have it. That was today. That oh perfect. We are, we are recording on March thirteenth. Okay. Well, I guess we can all feel like there's gonna be like safer air airways at least for right now.
1: Yeah. I think that makes me feel better.
0: I think it's still it's still very weird. And you mentioned this with the Malaysian air or. The Malaysian flight that went down. With the little communications thing. Like, that shit nowadays just doesn't seem a very plausible explanation.
1: Yeah, and they're talking about how, like... Th- th- some people think that the people are still alive because when they were calling their phones... What? It was still ringing.
0: What? Yeah. Like, shortly after. Okay, but so, then maybe the whole thing that they lost... That they lost um, cognition, right? That they, like, passed out because of the air situation. Maybe that is actually plausible because their phones might still be working. Yeah, but your phones aren't
1: going to be working up in the air. They're saying, like, after it supposedly crashed.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Perplexing indeed. Yep. Indeed. Okay, so we don't have – we don't have any – Communication issues. Well, we have very few communication issues now. But back in the day, the final mystery. And I'm not getting into all the nitty gritty because I definitely like dug in deep for this. And I was like, holy shit. Amelia Earhart. I was going to say, is this another plane? It is another plane situation. Not that we should be like terrified of planes because, I mean, who isn't by this at this point in time? Every time I'm on a plane. It's weird. However... Amelia Earhart was planning to fly across the entire world, transcontinental, transcontinental, transworld, whatever the fuck it's called, fly literally around the world. And she was planning to do so flying around the equator. Now, in the research that I did, I found that she had done some test flights because the plane that she had was actually specially made for her. And it was funded by, I think it was Purdue University. Okay, and so this plane had very specific. It had like an extra, um, an extra large fuel tank, so that they could hold more fuel and support them. It also had some additional, um, I, I don't know. I think it was like bearings, like navigational things, right? So she and her co-pilot and someone else, I think from the airline, had actually flown to Hawaii, and they had they encountered an issue. And so they had to they had to fix it there, and then they flew it back, and they had to fix it again. And then um, she started in California and then flew to Miami and then was like, oh, hey, guys, I'm just going to start to travel the world. Uh, <laughs> peace out. We'll see you later. Yeah. So she actually disappeared. She made it so freaking far. She was so close to being done. Like, so, so close. I yeah. can't remember how many thousands of miles – of the trip that she had done at that point in time. But all of a sudden, shit went crazy. And part of the reason why I looked this up was because I thought that somehow Amelia Earhart was, like, associated with the Bermuda Triangle. Definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. So, everything disappeared. And this also has some very interesting conspiracy theories where they say, you know, some say that she just went down in the water and they, you know... The search crews couldn't find anything, and yeah. you know, whatever. Not, I don't say not a big deal, but like nothing really to read home about, uh-huh. I guess. However, there are some other very interesting insights or conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. Some claim that she was actually a spy, oh. and um, her plane was shot down because she was a spy. Okay. She was collecting data for the US government. On okay. the flip side, Some people think she was a spy for, I think, Japan. And they thought that she just lived in Japan. Um, Another one is that they thought that she – so if you look at the flight trajectory and sort of – I will say the communications does come into play a little bit. So I guess she and her co-pilot didn't know Morse code. Okay. Does that not – I mean, I find that completely ridiculous that they wouldn't know Morse code. Right, right that they're relying solely on actual airwaves and radio frequencies. So their plane had been equipped with certain radio frequencies to um, talk to ships, but also other airlines and um, like TSA, not TSA, but like, you know, flight Mm -hmm. trackers and stuff like that. So the reports say that she could not hear anything coming in from the ships, which were supposed to be directing her towards the islands that she was supposed to land on. All right. But they could hear her. And so she was, like, basically saying, running out of fuel, um, headed towards whatever. And so the thing is that they really have a difficult time trying to figure out, like, was she on the right travel plan? Like, maybe she was, like, really off base and decided because of the gas to circle back and try to hit up another island. Yeah. Yeah. So they have found some wreckages. They have found some skeletal remains on certain islands. Um, I'm trying to – I think it's the Marshall Islands. I don't know why that's sticking Uh in my head. Um, But that's exactly where she was supposed to land. Oh, Howland Island. That's what it's called. Okay. That's where she's supposed to land. And so she – so the length was close to the maximum range of the plane, which meant that she had to have a full tank in order to get there and it's supposedly this extra fuel tank was supposed to you know take into account like if there's like bad headwinds and if they encountered turbulence and you know various things um some people think that they that she landed on a close island mhm and there is there there um i guess they found some sort of um what is it evidence that there was Somebody inhabiting there? Okay. But they couldn't find the people. Interesting. Very weird, right? They also think that she was captured by the Japanese. Blah, blah, blah. Um, they believe that she was captured and or working for many different, um, organiza- or, uh, different entities, different countries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is also another one where they think that she survived and she moved up to like the East Coast and is just chilling out living.
1: Why would she do that?
0: I I have no idea. She wanted a different identity. Okay. I don't know. She seemed to be having a really fucking good life. Right. So I don't know. But that is, in fact, something that is unsolved as well. Interesting. All these airplanes.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like everyone knows Amelia Earhart's, like, the the mystery of mysteries, right? But
0: I literally thought that she was, like, associated with the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know why that in my mind, because I was starting to look up like Bermuda Triangle stuff for here, and that is largely debated too. Yes, it is. I do know that. Yes. So, lots of mysteries. Lots of mysteries about mysterious things. (laughs) But this is a good line. This is. This is. I mean, I'm a little scared about you know regular daily living now. and travel (laughs) well if something ever happens to you then some people
1: will be talking about it right
0: uh I guess so (laughs) (laughs) I Um, think we should just drink wine and be happy let's just drink I like this Malbec man Malbec and mysteries Malbec and mysteries you got it until next time guys cheers bitches cheers thanks so much for listening if you like what you hear please rate review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook
1: page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.